0: I'm Keisha Sheehan. I'm here to share real birth stories from real women within the hockey community and beyond. There is power and comfort in knowledge, and the women I get to speak with have so much to share. This is Delivered. Okay, hi, you guys. Episode 12 is coming at you. I get to chat with Haley Comrie, who is a really fun guest for me to have because she actually responded to one of my first episodes and shared that she listened to it on her due date and her goal was to have a an unmedicated birth and she listened to Natalie Gensel's episode which if you have listened to it is all about her unmedicated birth and she was able to listen to it on her due date and feel positive and excited and um for me like starting this project and getting that feedback right away was just like hell yeah like so I was so excited when she also agreed to share her birth story because her baby, when we recorded this, was just about two months old. So she is the freshest, (laughs) freshest mom to give us her birth story um, so far on this podcast, which is pretty cool. So I just wanted to give you one little tidbit of information. I'm recording this uh, much later than we recorded the episode. I had some issues with my audio So I'm going to do my best to just re-record my parts that matter. So mostly you're going to hear Haley's story with a little bit of me, um, but it just didn't work out how I wanted it to and, you know, just rolling with the punches for you guys. So please enjoy. Welcome, Haley. We're so excited to have you on Delivered. Your daughter, Capri, is just the sweetest little, well not so little nugget, but um, yeah, I just wanted to say welcome and I'm so excited to have you on and I can't wait to hear your story.
1: Yeah, I remember I woke up on my due date and you had just released an episode with Natalie, I believe, who had an unmedicated birth story. And so like that was the first thing I did that morning was listen to that and I feel like it put me in a really good headspace. I know I messaged you right after and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I needed. Um, and then I ended up going into labor that, well, the next morning, but at 3.30 a.m. So it was definitely like everything kind of aligned perfectly.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And I think Natalie's story was awesome too. She had... She had given so many good details and was so honest about the challenge of an unmedicated birth and also just provided a really clear picture of how awesome it it can be too. So I'm really glad you had that picture painted going into your experience. So let's just jump right in.
1: It's definitely refreshing to hear like other people's positive unmedicated birth stories. Um, And I feel like I spent a lot of like probably the later of my pregnancy, probably 30 weeks on, like listening to very positive unmedicated birth stories, because I feel like early on in pregnancy, Instagram was showing me very negative things. And I feel like, you know, you get in your, you definitely get in your head. um, You know, reels, Instagram can be like a very toxic place, especially if you're pregnant. Um, So it definitely was Beneficial for me to listen to positive things and also prepare as best as I could. I, I wanted to like, I wanted to be as prepared for birth as possible, and I feel like I was. Um, I took a lot of classes. You know, I did a lot of research. There was two classes in specific which I found that were really helpful for me. One was her name is Pop that mama on Instagram, and she is a doula, and I bought her a birth class and i she had like a ton of meditations and visualizations that I found were really good and before I'd go to bed at night I'd listen to them um, so that made me feel better and also she had a lot of like um labor. Meditations that I ended up listening to in labor, so I actually really loved that. And then also, um, Mama Natural on Instagram, she has like a class series that I absolutely loved. Like, I felt so prepared after that. Um, so yeah, if you're doing an unmedicated birth, I would definitely recommend those too because it helped learning like the physiology of birth too. I think that took some of the fear out of it. Um, and also learning different techniques to manage pain, obviously, as a first time mom, like I had no idea what I'm getting into, you know, and everybody I talked to was like, oh, you're doing unmedicated? Why? Why are you doing that? Like, you don't get a medal for no epidural. I'm like, no, I know. I'm like, I, I understand. But like, this is my choice. This is what I'm doing. Um, so it definitely was beneficial to plan. Because, Early on, I'd say like middle of pregnancy, I kind of started to get a little nervous about literally pushing out a baby because it's, it's scary, you know. You don't you don't know what you're doing. So that's when I really started to feel really good towards the end, and then I think probably like 36 weeks, I I don't know why I just hit a wall of like I'm done preparing. I'm done. Like it's in the Lord's hands now. Like. You know, and I kind of just stop. And...
0: It's, yeah, it's kind of like studying, studying for a test or an exam. Like you can study, yeah, you can study as much as you can, but you reach a point where you're like, okay, I've done my due diligence and now I just have to wait for the test. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can totally relate exactly to that. Exactly
1: what I compared it to. I go into the biggest test of your life unprepared. Like, So for me, it was just very important to prepare. And I think that's why I was able to get the birth I wanted. I, you know, I read a lot of different birth plans and how I wanted to word mine. And then I made sure to have a C-section plan just in case, um, you know, covering all the things on there. Um, I, I also packed my hospital bags probably like a month in advance, which, um, which is funny because I was so prepared and I used
0: to it five items. It's so funny. I was laughing with you. I think I was talking to another guest or maybe one of my sisters. Um, I keep getting these reels right now because I'm getting closer with my second pregnancy and I keep getting the hospital bag reels, like what everyone's throwing in. And I was like, I don't think I even changed my clothes at the hospital. I was in my gown. I didn't use anything. I didn't use anything. I really didn't. And it's really funny. Some people do. And some people like love you know getting in their clothes and doing whatever but
1: Mm-mm. no it's
0: just funny because you probably won't eat <laughs> I ate my bar that I packed
1: uh, Eric ate his snacks that I packed but I, I know it's so funny yeah cuz you see all these the, the Instagram reels people packing their hospital bags people even right after getting birth they're doing like full skincare and I was like I I literally did not brush my teeth I didn't shower I didn't do one single thing like Good for you. Like I, I wish I was like you know in that space to do that, but like I just I didn't care. I literally could not care less. Taylor,
0: yeah, well, your baby doesn't care either, so it's kind of irrelevant. <laughs> I just wanted to circle back and highlight one thing that you mentioned about a couple of the sources that you found that you really resonated with. I will add them in the show notes so that people can check them out if they want to as well. But I think one of the, my most recent guests too. We were just talking about how much information on pregnancy motherhood all of it. There's so much. And I think taking your approach of finding just a couple sources that resonate with you and that you feel like you vibe with, and then only absorbing those and really diving into those. I know there's all this information and sometimes we want to know all of it, but there is such thing as too much. And you can't necessarily trust every source either. You really have to do your due diligence. So I love how you did it you chose a couple and you just kind of were like these are this is my team my I virtual team very
1: overwhelmed at first choosing because they're like you said there's so many out there and I would follow like if, if I saw one post that I liked the information I would follow it and so all of a sudden I was like I don't know whose birth class to buy I don't know where to go with this and like I really like I said narrowed it down to two and I really liked the visualizations and the meditations that one gave me she did have a birth class too but I didn't find it as informational as the other one and then the other one was like really the nitty gritties of like I think there was 10 episodes like each an hour long of like really breaking down like each stage of birth like um or even like before labor how to prepare you know all these different things so I definitely would recommend those two because like you said it's so there's so many things out there and it's really hard to just narrow it down it's so easy to get overwhelmed so.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of really good information, but it also has to sit with you. Like, I know I've had guests that are super holistic and very natural and, you know, are super into some of the very like holistic Things and then there's some guests that are like, I don't want to hear about that. I just want to know X, Y, Z, and get through my birth. So you kind of have to find what works for you and fits your personality and your mindset, and it does take time. But I loved your timeline too of being like, okay, I'm out of that first phase of like pure anxiety of becoming becoming pregnant, and being like, um, you know, getting through the first trimester, start to notice physically feeling the baby, get past some of those nerves, and then be like, okay what do i want for myself and my partner and this baby for birth because it's it's a balance because if you start too soon it might be too much and if you start too late it might not be enough so i think the sweet spot is kind of really focusing on discovering what you want and what you envision in that second mid second trimester at least that's what i would recommend
1: yeah i think mid second trimester is when i hired my doula too so that was like when I really started to like get things going, talking to her more. And so that was 10 out of 10, hire a doula. Hey, I plug the doulas
0: in every episode. I'm like, they're just such amazing people. And I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for all of them, but every single one I've come across has just been like a really kind person and they're just cool. I've talked about this in my solo episode, but for my husband too, like this person was able to help him feel useful and purposeful and supportive to me. And I didn't have to do any coaching. And that's so valuable in that moment,
1: coaching Eric, and like, Eric was able to be more supportive of me because she was there. I mean, not saying like, Eric was like, you know, had no idea what to do. He, you know, but like, he has no idea what to do, you know, we can watch as many videos as I send him and she sends him. But like, in the thick of it, like, I like, it was it was intense. And he had mentioned after like, It was hard watching you in pain because, like, I can't do anything about it. So, like, it was nice to have somebody else there to, you know, be like, no, this is normal. She's okay. We need to go into this position, like – You know, so it's very helpful for not only you, but your
0: partner. Yeah, I found that even meeting with my doula just a couple of times before my birth to talk about birth in general and your plans was so comforting to me because she gave details that I didn't know what to expect. You know, she gave the signs of labor starting. And I think listening to podcasts and things like this helps with that too. Um, Just learning all the different ways that labor can start and like what it could feel like. But, um, just having those chats with her in person and being like, wow, this is, this is like really happening, kind of really flipped a switch for me, but it was a comfortable switch. We were going back to Buffalo this year and
1: we were in California for the summer. So I actually spent most of my birth in, or not birth, my pregnancy in California. So I had to, you know, switch gears and we got back to Buffalo, find a new OB, find my doula. So I did a lot of online research. Um there's a really great lady. I know her, Heather. I don't know if you saw Heather ever, but anyway, she's great. She's a part of like, she's a, like a prenatal masseuse. So she had directed me. Yeah. Yeah. She had directed me to where to find a doula. So I had reached out, they connected me with my doula named Megan. Um, we did a phone call. I was in California. She's in Buffalo. And we talked for like an hour and a half and everything she said, I was just like, yes, like, this is, this is exactly what I want. I could tell we were on the same page. She had also experienced an unmedicated birth. So I, I think that helps, you know, knowing she's knowing what I'm trying to do. So I just felt really comfortable with that. So I hired her in July. I think I was yeah halfway through my pregnancy and then um we met in september so 2 months before i gave birth we met in person and then we had a few more meetings after that like you said it definitely helped to sit down in person and you know talk about your birth plans talk about like what i was currently doing all that stuff but yeah i i could not have been more happy with my choice to have a doula have a doula that like we were compatible And, like, she advocated, you know, she advocated for me. She knew exactly what I wanted. She knew my birth plan. So,
0: yeah. Typically, obviously anybody listening to this podcast could benefit from having that support. But I think anybody in this hockey lifestyle, when you are going back and forth between cities and giving birth in, you know, a city that's not your home city or a new, completely new city, having that person who's most often from that area, who knows the ins and outs of the different birthing opportunities, i.e. hospitals, birthing centers, like whether or not home births are realities there can help you figure out where you want to give birth and kind of guide you through some of those unknowns that otherwise you would just be doing research and trusting your research. But having somebody who has done it and can give you the pros and cons of different scenarios is really cool. So I'm really glad you had a positive experience with your doula. So let's get into your story. You were in Buffalo, obviously, but give us the lowdown. What was the situation like leading up to your birth?
1: Heard, I've been like, like the whole year I feel like I just was like kind of checked out on their schedule and then I was like you know what I should look at their schedule on my due date
0: yeah <laughs> I so wonder if that was I, like subconsciously avoiding having to think about it because it's stressful
1: and then I pull up the schedule I'm like oh great they're on like a two-week road trip during my due date, like starting in Winnipeg, where we had spent most of Eric's career. And I'm like, this is very fitting. He's going to Winnipeg on my due date. Like, this is just like, obviously, you know, obviously. So I was just like, okay, like, if you have to come back, you have to come back. But every single person I talked to, including my OB was like, you're a first time mom, you're going to be late, you know, I think you're going to give birth at least past the 23rd. And I was just like, okay, like, you know, so in my head, I was like, all right, right, I'm going late. Eric, yeah, you know, Eric left for the road on the 16th. My mom had came, come in on the 16th as well, because she didn't want me to be alone, you know, just in case anything happened. So, you know, a few days passed, my due date was on November 18th. So 18th rolls around. We had been busy too. Like I wanted to get up and walk and do things and not just sit around thinking, you know. So we we're, were going to Target, Hobby Lobby. We were doing all the things that Buffalo has to Don't offer.
0: forget about Whole Foods, okay?
1: <laughs> Whole Foods as well. Didn't forget about Whole Foods. So Love Buffalo.
0: We love Buffalo. It's all in fun.
1: I do love Buffalo. Yes. 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 Um, anyways. So the 18th. Rolls around my due date, and I didn't really have any signs of labor, and I actually got checked at thirty nine weeks. That was my only cervical exam, and i was i don't think I was dilated at all. I was fifty percent of face, and she was at zero station, so she was low in my pelvis, so like I felt that I knew she was low <laughs> I was like, okay, so I just i yeah, I was just like I said, I was like all right, I'm going late, and I dilated so due date rolls around. And I just felt like I just wanted to rest. Like we had all these plans and I just wanted to rest the entire day. And now obviously I think it was my body just kind of preparing. Um, I just laid on the couch the whole day. Um, and also I like really for dinner, I made like a hearty bone broth soup. So like, I literally think just like all of my like weird instincts were, you know, kicking in,
0: Which is so cool.
1: Preparing weirdly, and then went to bed. And bless Eric's heart, because the last few road trips he's been like, "I'm keeping my phone on loud. If you need me, you know, call me. If anything happens, call me." So I'm like, "Okay, you know, nothing's gonna happen. It's fine." So go to bed. 3:30 a.m. rolls around, like on the dot, 3:30. I wake up and I'm like, "Ooh, my stomach is like not feeling great. Maybe it's the soup, like." go to the bathroom, um, get back in bed. Ooh, stomach's still not feeling great. Like go to the bathroom. So then I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, I think something's happening. So I call Eric three, I think at like 345. And I was like, I think I'm in labor. I don't know yet. Like, I don't want to call you home. They're in Chicago at this point. I was like, I don't want to call you. Yes, I know we had like an escape route from every city, <laughs> so, so, I'm like, you know, I don't want to say it's for sure. I could be like my stomach just not feeling great, and then I think at four I texted him. I was like, oh no, like you need to, you need to come home. And he was like, I have a flight book, Like the earliest I can get in is at. I land at 10 30, I think. And I was like, oh, okay, that feels like it's a hundred years away. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I downloaded a contraction app and I'm like timing them, and they're five minutes apart. Like, I didn't have an early labor. It was just like, I just jumped right into the thick of it. Like, I thought that's. I was like watching videos, and yeah, people are like, I was going on walks in early labor. Like, not me. I was in bed, and then I was like, I have to throw up, you know? Grabbed the trash can, was throwing up. So, like, I didn't, I did not have this like peaceful early labor. I just like jumped into the thick of it. So, I like got my heating pad. My contractions were in my back. Like, I was having back labor. It was not good. So,. It was definitely painful. And then I turned on um, one of those meditations that I was talking about and I literally just had that on repeat. I think it was 30 minutes long and it I think it was just going on repeat. And I was at the point where like looking at my phone was like not great. I texted my mom who's in the other room at like 5.30 or six and was like, something's going on in here, I'm fine. But like, I'm in labor. <laughs> And she was like, what do you need? Do you need anything? And I just didn't want, I didn't want anybody in my space. I just wanted to lay in bed with my heating pad. I also tried the Theragun on my back and I immediately threw up. That was not it. Um, <laughs> I had to, had to try. I was like, maybe, no, maybe not. Like, I don't remember. I feel like like you kind of black out a little bit. Like you're a little bit like a drunk person. Like, I don't know. Six at this point I'm texting my doula. I'm like, hey, I'm in labor. And she asked me if she if I wanted her to come over. I was like, I'm gonna grind it out a little bit by myself and then I'll text you. And Eric was like, no, like get the doula over. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so I'm grinding it out. My yeah, I just like wanted to go into the back of the bedroom and like the black room with my heating pad and just like you know, grind it out in my cave. So my doula was like, are you timing your contractions? And I hadn't really looked at my app, but I was pushing the button every time I did have a contraction. So they were like three minutes apart now. Like they were close. So she was like, okay, like, do you want me to come over? And then I think I eventually said, yes, come over at like 7am. So she came over. She got in bed with me and was just rubbing my back through the contraction. So that was really nice. Um, She had like a sock with tennis balls and was like <laughs> rubbing it on my low back. So that was great. I was, yeah, I was getting to the point where like, I really couldn't even speak that much. So, and my plan was to labor at home as long as possible. <laughs> so that was what I wanted to do. And then around... Ten, she was like I think that we should maybe think about either going to the it's called the carry house which is like they have prenatal massage that's where you know my doula is it's kind of just like it's not a birthing center but it's like a a birthing birthplace for pregnant women so yes a hub yes so I was like let's go there also like bless my mother because I was like not nice I was really not nice I was not in a place. She was like, do you feel comfortable with your mom driving you? And I was like, no, absolutely not. I was like, you're driving me. And like, I don't, yeah. And I like, don't know like legally if she's like supposed to or allowed to, but I was like, I don't care. You are driving me. (laughs) Like, So like my mom's like putting my hospital bags in the car. I had like one for the baby, one for me, you know, you know, I get in the car and my mom's like trying to put on my seatbelt. I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like, leave me alone. Like, yes, just like chaos. And also like my job, my dog, giant 100 pound German Shepherd jumped in bed with me like while I'm at labor and my doula like grabbed him and like threw him down. It was just like chaos. Anyway, so we get in the car and she's like, okay, are you still timing your contractions? I was like, yes. So we're driving to luckily the birthing hub carry is very close to children's hospital where I delivered so she felt comfortable enough going
0: there first say I don't know many people that take a take a little pit stop before (laughs) going to give birth
1: I I took a pit stop because I was like no like I'm gonna get as close as possible without getting to the hospital
0: yeah and I just want to ask you like what you didn't want to be in the hospital. What drove that mindset for you? I'm just curious.
1: I just, so I just wanted to avoid any intervention.
0: Okay. So for you, this was like, I don't have anybody messing with my plan. So this is, this is what I'm doing
1: to the carry house. We're in the parking lot and we're waiting for somebody to open the door. Like nobody was there. So they, somebody had to come and like open the front door. So, we're in the parking lot, and I'm, like, hunched over, like, with the door open in the passenger seat, and she's, like, how far apart are your contractions? And they were, like, a minute and 30 seconds, and, like, I, my phone, I don't even know where my phone was, like, I don't know where my insurance card or my ID was, like, that, I don't, I don't even know where that is, like, right now, but anyways, so, like, I don't know who handled those, like. But it was just so, like, crazy. And like I said, I couldn't really speak. So I'm doing my best to communicate. And I stopped texting Eric back. So he's texting my doula. Like, where are you? And she's like, we're at carry house. And then, like, he had just landed. So he was on his way to the carry house. And then she was like, okay, your contractions are now a minute and a half apart. I think that we should go to the hospital. So I'm like, oh, frick, okay. So get back in the car, drive to the hospital. Luckily, Eric pulls up right behind us.
0: Oh, that probably felt so good when he realized that.
1: It did. did. So it is like 11 a.m. at this point. So he helps me out. And like, I just immediately wanted to drop into a squat. That is all I wanted to do. Like I walk into the door of the hospital, you know, like the sliders, they open and I just drop into a squat. Like, and the security guy's like, oh my gosh, like, is she okay? And he's like, yes, she's fine. Just like, show me like where labor and delivery is. So I like, I'm in that squat for contraction. And then I stand up and then I get in the elevator and we get to labor and delivery. And I walk a few steps and I just drop into a squat again. And the nurse or lady who's working the front of the desk, um she obviously comes over with a wheelchair and she is like, Oh uh-uh, honey, like you can't be pushing in the lobby. And I was just like, I'm not, but like, I kind of was, you know, like, because <laughs> yeah, my body was just kind of like, you know, it was, it was happening. So I was the full mute at this point, fully muted. So get in the wheelchair, get into, <laughs> get into, yeah, we can say that, get into the room and like, They check me, and I'm eight centimeters dilated. So, like, I'm there. I made it. I'm at eight. I've made it, you know? They check me. I'm at eight. Like I said, I can't speak. They ask, if I, they ask Erica, my doula, does she want an epidural? And they both were like, no. And then I think one of them said, well, it's probably too late anyways. And I was like, I did it, you know? Great. (laughs) So, (laughs) I just put myself in the position to not be able to get an epidural, so and then they wheel me to the delivery room and this part is like definitely a blur I feel like my labor started to slow down because one is just chaotic two the lights are just so bright and three I like I had to sign so many papers in active labor so like they were putting clipboards in my face and I was just like like I don't even think it gets a legal signature what I signed and my OB was out of town and the other OB in his practice was also out of town but like I said he was like you're fine you're a first time mom you're going late I was like cool he's like you have to
0: go late because I'm on vacation it was like the
1: hospital (laughs) resident who ended up you know delivering my baby but anyways, so I, you know, they were like, do you, they're like, Farquash is not here. Do you want to just call back with who's the backup one? And I was like, yeah, call him because I had seen him too. And he was great. And they're like, oh, you know, he's actually out of town too. I'm like, all right, we're doing this then. Who's, yeah, whoever's here can do, can do this. So we get to the room and they were like, my doula, I, I didn't want people in the room. I had said that, that was in my birth plan. Eric was like, she has a birth plan which I appreciate. And then he, I literally had three printed copies in my hospital bag. Those are still probably, yes, in the hospital bag. But luckily I had sent Eric a PDF on his phone. So he like pulls up the phone, the hospital resident who's gonna deliver my baby, looks at it and was like, okay, like she's already made it through most of this. So I just wanted to move around as much as possible. I was miserable on my back during the end of pregnancy. Like I would lay on my back for two seconds and start to pass out. So I just didn't want to give birth on my back or be stuck on my back. Um, That was another big thing for me and not getting an epidural. So my doula was asked Eric, does she like baths? And he was like, she loves baths. So they turn on the bath, I get in the bath. I have one contraction in the bath. And I was like, I got to get the F out of here. Like that is That were the those are the exact words I said and probably one of the only full sentences I said the entire time. (laughs) I think squat bar, squat bar, yeah, squat bar. So I'm holding the squat bar and I'm, you know, in a squat and we're just trying to get her down and that it, it was you know, that was intense. It was painful. It was in my back, like, position. I, I did go to the bathroom. Not great. Bless Eric's soul. That stuff, like, does not bother him. So... They get was, it all
0: like, cleaned up really quick. Whatever. You're fine. They don't leave it there.
1: I was just like, ugh. But, like, I didn't care. I had no shame. No shame. None. Real quick. Real quick. Yes. It was real quick. Luckily. So... I was like okay I need to take a little rest so I was on my side I laid on my side for a while and they are like okay I think that you that we should have you start to push so I'm on my side but I also like I felt like I really needed a break and they were like what they offered um like nitrous so I was like okay we'll do that that did nothing did nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing, but I will say that it helped me breathe because I was really focused on breathing through my contractions because I had this mask on and you had to like breathe in, breathe, you know, so I did feel like, although it didn't do anything for the pain, it helped me breathe and like focus on my breathing. I side pushing and all of a sudden I just started to feel like gushes of water, like just coming out every time I push. And then I like muster up the words, like nobody's noticing. And I muster up the words and I'm like, I think my water broke. And then they like go down there like, oh, yes, your water did break. So um, still, you know, I'm on my side. This part is like a little blurry, I think. On my side. And oh, Eric was like grabbing my hand and my duo went somewhere. I don't know where she went. Maybe to get somebody, say something. I don't know. So Eric was like, I'm going to go get your doula. And I squeezed his hand. Like, I probably broke his hand in this moment. I was like, you are not going anywhere. And no. And he was so sweet. Just, like, feeding me words of encouragement the entire time. Like, you got this. You're so strong. It was so nice. I feel like I'll always remember, like, how he, you know, was during my birth. Because he did get me to the finish line. But so (laughs) I would not let him leave the room under any circumstance so then they wanted me on my back and at this point I think like I just didn't really care you know like your your plan at this point just kind of goes out the window and you're just going with what's happening so they had yeah they had the squat bar Love it, so my legs were on the squat bar at this point, pushing on the squat bar, and they had a towel in the middle, so I was pulling on the towel, pushing on the squat bar, which was ten out of ten, like I was
0: gonna say that probably helped alleviate a lot if you are on your back with the counter pressure, yeah, yeah,
1: I think like just like the counter pressure too it was it was really nice, so that like really brought the baby down, and also my oh she like was up in there and was like, push my fingers out. So that also really helped me like focus on pushing. Um,
0: It's a muscular act. Unlike anything, you can't train for it. It's just bizarre. it's
1: It's hard to know how. And I like, I had prepared, I took pelvic floor classes, but once you're in the moment, like it's hard. It's hard to describe. Yeah. So I was, you know, that really helped bring baby down a lot. And then they, she was like, she was there. She was ready to come out and they were like, okay, we have to put the squat bar away. And I was like, squat bar, squat bar, squat bar, like squat bar. (laughs) I just, yeah. I was like, Oh my God. So Eric had one of my legs. The doula had the other one of my legs and this was like, you know, the position, this is what was going on. She was ready to come out. And they were like, all of a sudden, like a flood of people came in. And like, my birth plan was very specific, like no people. So my doula was like, okay, close your eyes. And the hospital resident was like, this is just like the the birthday party. We called it the birthday party. Like, you know, baby's coming. The birthday party's here. So yeah, they like, you know, rephrased it, made it very positive. So I was like, okay, baby's, baby's, you know, about to be here. So I'm pushing and Eric is like, I can see her head. And I think I asked him what color hair she has. I don't know why, but I was just like, what color is her hair? Another sentence I could say, like, just like so unreasonable. (laughs) It's funny. But on all of the classes that I took were like, if you're a partner, never say you're almost there. So he had said at one point, you're almost there. And I looked at him with like a death glare. And he literally was like, oh my gosh, like so scared. And I feel bad because I was, I was almost there. But in my head, like it was in my head. I was like, you can't say that. So and with like one push, which no one warned me about, the ring of fire. Who, who, that was, I, I had one moment where I lost control and it was that moment. like. I screamed like bloody murder. Just like let out like a giant roar because that really hurt real bad. 10 out of 10 pain in that moment or like just a few more pushes. My doula literally looked me in the eyes and was like, channel this energy into pushing. Like we're getting this baby out in the hour. I think it was like 345 at this point. She's like, the baby's coming this hour. We're getting her out. Like channel this energy into your pushing so I did and yeah she was I pushed her out and she was born at 350 and she was nine pounds four
0: ounces. I remember when you shared that with me I was like what because you I mean you're so petite and like I mean that's what I say to everybody I feel like most women I know I'm like you had that baby um but it's so crazy but no I like- I just girl. felt that
1: she was big the whole time but I had so many people so she was measuring ahead, like two weeks ahead in the beginning of pregnancy and then my last ultrasound they were like no she looks like pretty normal I was like okay like she feels big but alright and then my doula was like no she'll probably be like seven, 7'10 seven, or something and then she came out and I was like I literally like I was just like like that's a huge baby and the nurse was like oh my gosh like yeah, the nurse was like, "She's substantial." I was like, "She's very substantial." So they put her on the scale, nine pounds four ounces, and I was just like in shock. Like, it's oh, very like when people say like you don't get a medal for not having an epidural, like I I got a personal medal. Like my ego got a medal, you know. Like I I wear an inv- invisible medal every day now. So
0: um, it is an accomplishment. I <laughs> this is such a funny topic, like. I feel that if you value unmedicated birth in that way, it is a very, very cool thing. I know some people are like, whatever, who cares? But I think it's super cool. And I think it's not even just about being able to like say you did it, it's doing it and feeling the power that comes with that after. So I was, I think I was talking with Natalie about it, how it just kind of like propels you into motherhood with a sense of like, hell yeah I did that I got this even if it's obviously painful and kind of like a wild experience at times it's cool I think it's really cool I
1: got the like just the adrenaline rush I got after like I just I remember I like stood up right after I just stood up yeah I was like okay I'm here yeah I did it great like I just stood up and it was just like a shock you know it was also weird though, because I, I just think like, you don't know this person. You know, you don't know your baby. So like, I didn't recognize any of her features. Like, she was also so puffy and so big that like she was she looked like a giant marshmallow. But I was like, oh, who is this baby? Like, I who does this baby look like? I'm like, this baby has black hair. She's kind of tan. Like, who is this baby? Is this like, yeah. So it was definitely like, Eric's crying and I'm just like kind of in shock, like, but we had like a lovely golden hour after, you know, skin to skin. Um, But yeah, it was just, it was, it was definitely weird. I, I definitely thought that like right away I would be like, oh my gosh, my baby. But I, I, I needed a moment to get over the, the shock of it.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that same feeling. They just skip over it when they're talking about it because they're like, they flash to the skin to skin where they feel that they feel that connection. I feel probably like eight out of 10 people don't feel that immediately after giving birth based on just conversations I've had. Like, I know I keep referencing other conversations, but we literally just talked about how sometimes you need a hot second to figure out where you are, first of all, and like get your voice back and be like, okay, sorry, everyone back, back to myself now. You just need to like recalibrate. Yeah. Cause I mean, you didn't have an overwhelmingly long labor. It was 12 hours on the dot, but that's still a long time to be working that hard and not have like sustenance and rest and water and all those things, which is. So you did it. I
1: needed a hot second. And like my mom was at the hospital and she came in, I think like an hour after. And then I was like, sure, you can hold her. Like, you know, I just like wanted to just regroup for a little bit. Yes. And eat some food and be a normal human being for a little bit. So I was pushing for like two hours. So obviously I like took some breaks in between. but. It it was a long time. There were so many things I thought I said out loud to Eric, and he's like, "You didn't say that." I was like, "Are you sure?" So,
0: yeah, talking about birth after is like piecing the night together after a night out when you're at breakfast with your friends. <laughs> but it's like you and your husband being like, "What did he say and do? What did she do during birth? Like, what was this?" It's so funny.
1: Yes. 100% Not how it was love it
0: and so capri i love her name by the way so beautiful she just feels like such a cool girl already to me a very substantial cool girl <laughs> is she still she's huge? huge she's huge
1: she's 13 pounds she wears size three to six like she's huge but we love her she's perfect
0: i love it And so how has your unmedicated, um, they didn't have to do any interventions for your birth. How are you, are you healing? Well, I know you're like really, really fresh out of, out of this experience. How's your recovery going?
1: Recovery was great. I mean, obviously the first few weeks I'm like Googling, like, when does this get better? (laughs) Cause it's just swollen. I also asked them after she the first thing I said after she came out was did I tear to my butt and they laughed they were like absolutely not I had like two two small tears shockingly just two small tears so I had two little stitches um and then yeah I think recovery it was definitely like a full two weeks and then I started to feel better
0: yeah it takes longer than you think sometimes
1: I I definitely feel back to normal." down there now which is great um little pelvic pain still I think that's normal she was at station zero for a very long time she was big so
0: yeah you just needed a little bit of time to come back together but that's awesome I think I think there's proof and there's something to the idea where like sometimes you need an intervention and I'm not diminishing that at all I am a huge proponent of just getting these babies and moms taken care of help, safely um but there's all this, like they were telling me I needed the vacuum and all this stuff. And I was like, just let me try. But it's, there's something about your body's ability to understand more about itself, I think. And I think that helps with healing. If if you can go through a birth without interventions, I just think like your body has more of an awareness of what actually happened, if that if that makes sense at all
1: and I get it. I get it. You know, if you want an epidural, great. I, I 100% get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, like I, I stood up right after I went to the bathroom, I think like minutes after, like, I just, I felt, I felt good.
0: I'm really glad it was that way for you. So what has been a surprise for you, good or bad, in your new motherhood journey because you are so fresh in it and it seems like you're doing amazing. You look amazing.
1: Honestly, like, I, we are very blessed. Capri loves to sleep. She sleeps usually eight hours a night. So, like, we're we're doing good. I will say, though, like, so she has a tongue and a lip tie, so latching immediately was hard. So in my head, I was like, "Oh, yes, I'm just gonna exclusively breastfeed. It's gonna be great. it's gonna be perfect. And it's been the opposite of that. So um, I'm we we're seeing a specialist for her trying to get things worked on, but she still doesn't get what she needs from the boob so I am pretty much exclusively pumping which is really not it's you know it's I did not choose this journey this journey chose me so yeah it does happen but I'm you know thankful she's able to get my breast milk it's just mostly coming from a bottle so
0: yeah that's a journey in itself yeah crazy i my mom after when she came to visit me after slater was born she was just like there's so many cool gadgets and tools that you guys have for caring for your babies like i didn't have that she's like this is a pump like what is this pump free
1: (laughs) pump put it in the boob i wake up twice at night put it in there lay down for 30 minutes close my eyes like i have a mini fridge next to the bed like it's you know it's we're (laughs)
0: your former cosmetics mini fridge is now your breast milk mini fridge
1: took a lot of figuring out and using different pumps and then you know I was going to bed with like a hundred different pump parts and five different bottles so it was like you know in case she wakes up I have to have a bottle ready and all this stuff so that definitely took a few weeks to figure out I think now we're like in a really good place with it um so you know trying to get her on the boob as much as possible but you know we're going with
0: can you elaborate for any other new moms your moms to be um that don't really know what a tongue and lip tie is <clears throat> can you just like explain how it impacts the ability to latch because i think we hear about it a lot we hear the word tongue tie but unless you're navigating it it's one of those things where you're like oh i'll deal with it when it happens but it's something very relevant i think
1: yeah So she has a lip tie, which is, like, a little piece of string, like, right under her lip here, and then a tongue tie, which is right under her tongue. Yeah, there. Um, They knew immediately in the hospital. They were like, oh, tongue, lip tie, and I was just like, oh, okay, great. I don't really know what this means. Um, So we, there's, like, actually a very good, like, holistic kind of birthing specialist community in Buffalo. So our doula recommended a tongue and lip tie specialist to us. So we've been seeing her and we have to do a lot of different exercises in her mouth, try to loosen up the tendons and, you know, get it to a good place where when we do get it snipped, that it'll be a lot less severe of a injury or, you know, scar, I guess, healing process than Um, if we were to just do it immediately
0: yeah healing process for her
1: can't latch properly on the boob and she can't like her sucking is not is inhibited basically she just can't you know suck properly so even if I do get her on the boob I have to give her a bottle after so I try to get her on there you know and I, I do not unlatch her I'm like great she's on there we're gonna keep her on there until she's done and then yeah and then right away after i'll give her
0: a bottle so i was just saying like breastfeeding bottle feeding pumping it's all so time consuming and it's all energy and i think i just want to give you props and just continue to cheer you on because it's like yeah i mean it's a lot and that's something again you can't really prepare for either because you don't know what your kid is going to need or want or you know what their needs are going to be so adapting being fluid and I mean that's the key to motherhood is being fluid
1: adapting is a good word because like you know you can have an idea of what you're doing which I did and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a different situation and you're it's definitely upsetting that I can't you know exclusively breastfeed her but you know we're adapting we're working with it it has its positives I'm not the only one that can feed the baby so if I need a break Eric can give her a bottle
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's a special bonding time for him too. Like there's pros and cons. It depends on how you see it and how you choose to see it at times. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I will wrap up. And I also just want to circle back and just ask you what your, what was your favorite part of pregnancy?
1: My, so I like, I love being pregnant. I love my pregnancy. Um, I wasn't nauseous. I had a good first trimester. Um, I felt good up until, you know, towards the end and I was getting really happy. Um, I don't know. I felt like I was like a maternal goddess, like, you know, I didn't mind, like, a lot of people are like, Oh, don't, you know, don't touch my belly. I was like, yeah, touch my belly. Like, it's great. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I I was proud. I was proud. And it was harder, a little bit harder for us to get pregnant. So I was, I was proud of, you know, that I was finally able to and so happy. And I just, you know, wanted to share it with everybody.
0: That's great. Not everybody does. So loving it and having those positive experiences. Definitely a good favorite part. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And just one piece of advice that you have for a new mom.
1: Obviously, I don't have a lot of advice to give. I've been a mom for two months. But I think, yes. Like, At first, I was very like, I need to track her diaper changing and her naps and all that. And then I just stopped and I just felt so much more free. So I think obviously some people are schedule people. I am not. But that it helped me, you know, just kind of listening to my baby's needs and not wanting her to be on a certain schedule. You know, if she didn't eat every two hours, that's fine. She's not hungry in two hours. She'll let me know when she's hungry. She'll let me know when she or you know, when she needs her diaper change, like I know, but you know oh like listen to your instincts and sometimes it's hard to, but listen to your instincts. Like you you know what you're doing at the end of the day. Even though if you don't feel like it's right, it probably is right.
0: And if there's no evidence against it being right, don't assume that it's wrong. I think that it's a really tough thing in early motherhood too, is just trusting your gut. Like, you know, when you need to do something, but being like, is it okay to do that? Just let it be. I'm a schedule person. So I had my little app. I would track the, track the naps and the feedings and all this stuff. And I love being able to know which boob I left off on and stuff like that. Cause my mind was like, you know, a scattered mess. But it was like a mental tax that I'm not sure I'm willing to pay again to be like obsessed with like logging everything. So I'm hopefully going to try not to do that this time around. But you know what, if it works for you, it it works for you. So I love hearing that you found things that work for you. And you know, you're fine.
1: The only, yeah, the only thing I schedule is my pumping. I got to empty my boobs every, like, two to three hours. So, like, that's the only thing. Yeah, 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 you'll know. So, that's the only thing we have on a schedule, and that's what works. And, yeah, like, you just, you just got to trust your instincts.
0: Well, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you guys. I just can't believe it. And I loved watching Your pregnancy unfolded from afar. You were just a glowing goddess. You really were. And I could tell that you had that joy of being pregnant, which I love to see based on what you shared on Instagram and... I'm really grateful that Haki brought us together for that brief moment in time. And I just wish you all the best as you continue to navigate all these new things. And I hope Capri just keeps growing and staying her substantial, healthy self. <laughs> <She's so laughs> she good. really is so cute. And I just thank you so much, Haley. I appreciate you sharing all that with us. And I loved your sense of humor. Yes.
1: Thank you, Keisha. All right.